RPN, the Roddenberry Podcast Network. This episode of Priority One is brought to you by GamePrint. We thank them and our patrons for their support of Priority One Podcast. Command codes verified. Priority One message from Starfleet coming in on secured channel. Hello, Captains. You're listening to episode 426 of Priority One, a Roddenberry Star Trek podcast and your weekly report from the Star Trek multiverse. Recorded live on Tuesday, August 20th, 2019, and available for download or streaming on Friday, August 23rd at PriorityOnePodcast.com. I'm Tony. I'm Kat. And I'm Henry. What have we got on the show this week? This week, we check out the big news. Viacom and CBS have finally re-merged. Tony and I are here to give you our perspective, not only as Trekkies, but as lawyers, and Henry will be there too. In Star Trek Online and Gaming News, we look at Star Trek Online's Awakening, the upcoming episode Beneath the Skin, and talk about how much we love temporal mechanics. Of course, as always, before we wrap up the show, we'll open hailing frequencies for your incoming messages. And if you haven't thought to, we encourage you to open hailing frequencies. Reach out to us. We're on Facebook at facebook.com slash priority1podcast. We're on Twitter and Instagram at priority1pod. You can even send us an email via incoming at priority1podcast.com. And this is the part of the show where Elijah thanks the patrons who support this show every week through your generous financial contributions. Don't forget that every person that contributes to the show helps make all of our coverage possible. From the weekly episodes, you support our back end with all of our software. You support us heading out to places like Las Vegas, where we just returned. Uh, everything that you contribute to us makes this show better, and we thank you for your continuing and ongoing support. This week, we want to give a special shout-out to Brian Denham. Thank you for your support of the show. And remember, you can always check us out at patreon.com forward slash priority one. Offering a financial contribution may not be possible, and we totally understand. The next best method of supporting the show is by sharing Priority One Podcast with your friends. When you start listening to our episodes, please share it. Most podcast apps make it easy to share an episode on social media, but you can also just follow us on our social media channels like Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, then share, retweet, or repost. Now let's check out the latest news from the Star Trek multiverse. I don't know. Then let's trek it out. There are stories that we cover here on Priority One Podcast that tend to keep popping up. Star Trek Kelvin 4, Tarantino Trek, how Guard Frequency is a pretty good show and you should check it out. But one story that's popped up for years, the reunification of Viacom and CBS, is finally getting a conclusion. It had been suspected that talks were heating up between the two national amusement properties back in April when CBS acting chief executive Joe Yaniello's contract was extended through 2019. It was believed that Yaniello, who had been serving as former CBS CEO Les Moonves' replacement since September 2018, was both amicable to and necessary for a reunification of CBS and Viacom. On May 30th, CNBC reported that merger negotiations were set to resume in mid-June. 
Then on July 15th, both CBS and Viacom announced that they would present their financial earnings reports on the same day, namely August 8th, for the first time in, quote, many quarters, end quote. And that sent the industry into a state of rampant speculation. Finally, on August 13th, the deal was announced. I like Ken from Chicago. It's like the reunification of the Vulcans and the Romulans. <laughs> For reasons that will be made clear, yes. The new entity known as Viacom CBS will merge assets from both companies, including Showtime, Nickelodeon, CBS Television Studios, and Viacom's newly acquired streaming service, Pluto TV. Viacom CEO Bob Backish will serve as president and CEO of the newly merged company, and former CBS interim CEO Joseph Yellow will serve as chairman and CEO of CBS. Board chair and orchestrator of the merger, Sherry Redstone, said in the official announcement, quote, My father once said, content is king, and never has that been more true than today. Through CBS and Viacom's shared passion for premium content and innovation, we will establish a world-class multi-platform media organization that is well-positioned for growth in a rapidly transforming industry, end quote. Also stated, Star Trek was specifically cited as an asset by CEO Bob Backish in an investment press presentation expanding on the release by saying, quote, we will have one of the largest libraries of iconic intellectual property, including more than 140,000 premium television episodes and over 3,600 film titles. Notably, this library reunites TV and film rights for some of our most popular franchises, including Star Trek and Mission Impossible. And we see significant potential to better leverage these and other properties across platforms and assets, including film, television, live events, recreation, and consumer products, end quote. While much of the excitement centers on the combination of intellectual properties, including Mission Impossible, NCIS, Transformers, South Park, The Twilight Zone, and of course Star Trek, a big factor in the merger seems to focus on direct-to-consumer video-on-demand services. In an investor call made August 13th, Ian Yellow said, quote, Just think about adding content from Nickelodeon, BET, MTV, Comedy Central to CBS All Access, and Paramount Movies to Showtime. And also imagine our ad-supported video-on-demand properties like CBS Sports HQ and ET Live being added to Pluto TV. Plus, all of this will increasingly be done on a global basis, end quote. When asked whether the price points of Viacom CBS's current video-on-demand services will be affected by the merger, Ian Yellow said Viacom CBS would like to take a, quote, slow and steady, end quote, approach to any changes. There is so much to go through, so please be sure to check out our show notes for a full list of links. So this is the other shoe that finally dropped after, I mean, literally years of, of speculation and uh, uh, what-ifs and, uh, and court battles and just everything. So uh, where to start, I just don't even know. So I'm, that's why I'm going to punt to Kat and say, Kat, where should we start? Let's go broad. Like it seems like that they are positioning themselves to compete with, Dis you know, trying to make themselves stronger to compete with the Disney's and the Netflixes out there. Although, if you look at market share, this is <laughs> not even, you know, half of what they have for market share. So, I mean, I guess it's a step in the right direction since it seems like companies are moving towards, oh, we want our own streaming service, we want to, you know, make it multi-platform or what have you. Yeah, what do you guys think about that? 
I wouldn't think that uh, competing with Disney Marvel is really their their key drive as much as duplicating the success of it on a scale they can actually achieve. I mean, I don't think they're trying to, like, take over or displace Marvel Disney. I think they're trying to say, that business model works. What do we have that we can build that way? Who knows how far it'll go? I wouldn't expect it to go as far as Disney Marvel, but I think that's going to be a, a their thing is to copy that business model. Yeah, they're going to try, and that the the franchises that they're banking on, Star Trek, okay, that's got legs internationally and historically. Mission Impossible, I mean, Tom Cruise, he's managed to string that uh, franchise along on the movie side for six or seven films now, and, you know, he shows no signs of stopping. Uh, and then we kind of start... Uh, Transformers, okay, all right, there's some... There's definitely 80s nostalgia factor there and a whole bunch of Michael Bay movies that, you know, that they made a bunch of money. Then we got N- NCIS... All right. I mean, a lot of TV shows. Yeah, it's a lot of TV, unless they're thinking about a f- movie. I don't know. I, I can't see an NCIS movie. <laughs> it seems strange taken to me. Off. Yeah, I mean, like, I, I, I don't see that really working out too well. But, I mean, the, they seem to have... Uh, South Park, they've had a couple movies. They've had video games. They're kind of multimedia, right, plus the weekly cartoon show. Uh, Twilight Zone long history, but they just re- brought that back to CBS All Access. There's like maybe those big three ones. Mission Impossible, Transformers, and Star Trek, and the rest of it are all kind of eh, maybe? Yeah, I mean, I think we can agree that Star Trek is the anchor here. I mean, it's yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's, the, it's the one that would get the widest amount of free publicity, right? People will, will write stories about it if we get Tarantino Trek, right? Uh, that would uh, spread beyond just the usual science fiction crowd. It would spread beyond the usual, even the entertainment press. It would probably spread beyond to casual moviegoers and other stuff like that. You know, you know, it's your you know, who put their peanut butter in my chocolate? Who put the chocolate in my peanut butter? Tarantino and Star Trek. That would make news. That would make waves. That's the kind of thing you need in in the media environment to saturate it as we are. You know, you got to get beyond your usual niche press, and that would do it. Uh, but yeah, no, I think. I, Clearly, putting those books of business together, Paramount Movies with CBS's TV, uh, makes a lot of sense from a library standpoint to compete with Netflix and Disney and those guys. But we'll have to see, like Henry says, we'll have to see how they capitalize on it. So there's that angle. There's the content angle. Uh, now, uh, Henry, you specifically wanted to talk about a specific Star Trek possibility that you hope this opens up. Oh, sure. I, I think the only reason we have the Kelvin timeline in the first place is because there had to be such a separation between the TV properties, the existing movies, and the new stuff they were making um, for marketing purposes and merchandising, right? Because everything's separated. Well, they obviously, yeah, didn't want to pay specific royalty rates at whatever they were going for, for whatever it was, in order to pay for all that, so... (laughs) Well, I would think they're not a concern when they're all under one umbrella, and you would hope that there would be some corporate cooperation amongst them as a company. But I would like to see a return to a movie era where our movies are a continuation of the stories that we loved on screen. The reason those Star Trek movies did what they did, and I'm not going to say they did well, is because they catered to us fans. We wanted to go there and see our old heroes back. They didn't have that going into the 2009 and forward movies, and I don't think they'll ever get that because they didn't bother to build characters the way they did on this on the small screen so what i'd like to see is something where we can get back into that kind of character driven story um you know on the small screen and then see a piece of that on the big screen i'd love to see like a picard movie after his series does well that would be great 
Right. Well, that leads us into the significance of the merger is that, yes, while they are all under one roof, which one would assume would lead to the ease of licensing between any different entities that may still exist under the one umbrella. So allegedly now everybody's one big happy family. So this should all easily be able to be worked out, right? (laughs) Sure. (laughs) I would love to see any of these agreements. I would love it. But um, so that could totally happen. I mean, if if I think if the story's right, I mean, they'd still be subject to you know, whoever's got final approval over a storyline and, and all of that. But depending on what type of stories came up, I would fully suspect that we would be able to see an extension of a TV show in a movie. I was going to say I'd like to follow up on the licensing issue. Citing uh, when Star Trek Online started to bring in all this content, they had all the rights for everything for the TV series, but then they had to wait and then bargain to get the rights for the Kelvin timeline stuff separately. Those things are a thing of the past. Uh, and I think that's going to be great, right? Uh, I mean, moving wanna, forward. Should I? Can't you? There's a lot of that. So you like go to ahead, Tony. You go ahead. What I don't get is uh, perhaps the, the Kelvin timeline stuff, but moving forward new movies that are based on existing TV shows, wouldn't that be the same? Henry, you've made such a beautiful iridescent bubble, and I'm going to come along with my little needle, and I'm going to go... Okay, I'm just—it's gonna pop. So, the the yes, CBS and Paramount are gonna be back together, and they're gonna play nicey nice. Maybe we'll get to that in a second too. Um, but uh, the the two 600-pound gorillas in the room are Bad Robot and uh, Secret Hideout. Bad Robot being the company uh, that J.J. Abrams uh, owns for production. Secret Hideout being Kurtzman's outfit that's currently doing the Star Trek TV shows. They had to have deals done with CBS and Paramount in order to do what they did. Now, Bad Robot may have dealt directly with Paramount, and then Paramount uh, got the license from CBS. So, but there's all there's this contractual circle of love. Uh, I'm using love in a very sarcastic kind of way uh, amongst all of those entities. And so, what's going to happen is that now there will be no more negotiation theoretically between Viacom. Paramount and CBS, those parties will be united, and we've saw we've seen some of that in the press by the appointment of a new officer, and I forget her name, but she's basically been installed at Secret Hideout as CBS's manager, sort of relationship boss, something. I, I can't remember her exact it's title. Probably liaison of some type. <laughs> she ha- well, she has an ex- if I remember, she has an executive sounding title, right? She has something that's like you know you'd hand somebody your business card and you'd like ah yeah, yeah okay she means business, it's not liaison or ambassador or anything. It's like you know I have a, a, a maybe she's not C level, but she's executive level, right? So she's a boss, right? So she's in charge, and so that's going to be a, a a point of contact. Uh, that stuff from Kurtzman's shop and probably Bad Robot will have to go through her. And then that's going to be controlled by whatever deal between CBS and Viacom Paramount got merged into this. So there won't be two points of contact anymore for anything that Bad Robot or Secret Hideout wants to do. It'll just be the one. But they had deals. And just because the parties, a couple of the parties have merged together doesn't mean those deals went away. So right, exactly. it's not all happy. Super, yeah, it, this is where you were going, right? Did yeah, you with me there. I'm like have, everyone have, still has to honor the agreements as they exist, unless they all agree to renegotiate. Right, and 
I think it would be stupid for Secret Hideout or Bad Robot to renegotiate at this point because they would be up against a united front this time rather than having some ability to play people off of each other. So, and uh, th this would be... This would be a fine time, if I were CBS, to uh, write those companies out of the project when and if it's possible. So I would expect that the current deal with Secret Hideout or Bad Robot, and you know, either or both, will run their course. But then after that is when we're going to see the real multimedia powerhouse push of whatever uh, to, to really get Star Trek off. And that's going to be a few years away. Um, but I think that you'll see some improvement for sure because they want CBS All Access to take off and they want Secret Hideout to uh, fulfill all their contracts. But I think it's going to be a few more years before you see a really, before the full weight of this new company gets behind any kind of Star Trek expansion. Agreed. I mean, it all takes time, but yeah, all of those agreements are still in force. And even if they did agree to renegotiate, that's still going to take forever. <laughs> So, because it's still all new, they're like, how does any of this work? And then someone still needs to come up with what they want to do. Pike movie? Maybe. That would be possible please. now. I know, right? Please, please, please. That would be amazing. So that's the kind of thing where the Paramount arm would be in control of the movies. The CBS arm would be in control of the TV. Secret Hideout had a license had a deal probably with Paramount and then got a license from CBS, agreed to produce it under the CBS uh, umbrella for all access and an exclusive deal. But now say Secret Hideout just has to go to one person, the executive from CBS whose name I'm forgetting, and say, this is what we want to do. We'll use the uh, IP from the television. We'll pitch it as a movie and distribute it through Paramount. Uh, so that, that kind of thing is possible now. Uh, but Secret Hideout's still an actor in there, and like Kat was saying, those contracts have to be performed and satisfied. But, I mean, new things are possible now. It's just going to depend on how uh, happy CBS is with the relationship with Secret Hideout, whether they you know, really go all out to make Star Trek big now, or they wait for that deal to die and then take full control back over the IP themselves internally, and then go. Uh, so we'll have to see what, uh, have to see what happens there. Uh, but I also wanted to talk about how this is we're gonna get we're gonna stir a little Battlestar Galactica into our Star Trek here because all of this has happened before, and it would not surprise me if all of this happened again because this reemerger of CBS and Viacom is just the is the reconnection of a couple of different spinoffs. Just to, I'm taking this straight from the Wikipedia page here, so. Viacom began as CBS Films, which was a division of the CBS Television Network. It started in 1952. They renamed it CBS Enterprises in 1968. Uh, pun, in, pun intended, not intended, I don't know, Enterprises. Uh, then they renamed it Viacom in 1970. So it was Viacom as a division of CBS back in 1970. Then it went out on its own. It was spun off in 1971. Then Viacom, the film company that spun off, bought the parent company of CBS, which was Westinghouse Electric, and then uh, which had been, which was then renamed CBS Corporation. So Viacom, the spinoff, bought CBS, the television company. Then Viacom was re-spun off into the present day CBS uh, Corporation, and on one hand, and Viacom on the other. All right, so they then it spun back off. Now CBS is repurchasing Viacom. 
So th this is the second time, at least, this dance has been done. And, and uh, so we will, uh, and what, that, what happened throughout the years was lots of family things happened, you know, uh, uh, personality rivalries, all other kind of stuff that happens with when large amounts of money transfer around and, and power and authority and all that kind of stuff. The most current situation here is that CBS is eating Viacom. CBS has more people on the board. Uh, CBS uh, has a bigger buyout uh, penalty if they don't, if they don't uh, finish the deal. Uh, the the trade-off for that is the guy in charge of CBS is only going to be in charge of CBS. The guy in charge of Viacom becomes the CEO of the new company. But don't feel bad. Jan Yellow is getting $70 million for coming in on sec in second place. So he'll be okay. I know you guys are probably worried about I that. was worried about that guy. Yeah. yeah. I, mean, about him. I was real concerned don't worry. about his compensation. I, it, it, it's, it's, he's going to be okay. He's not real happy about not being in charge of the big company. And probably he's going to walk in 2021, which is when his deal expires. Which is another one of those reasons why I'm thinking that Star Trek is going to continue on as it is right now. and may not get the big push until afterwards, because when that guy gets replaced and they put somebody new in there, uh, somebody who is not really angry at coming in second place. Right. Yeah. So, I can see him leaving. I mean, there's just so much in the works right now, like... I suspect they'll want to check the traction of the upcoming shows and, you know, do all their market studies and all of that. Um, but that at least is to 2021 because, you know, the next season of Discovery is not even coming out till next year. So, and Picard's not coming out till next year. So there's time. Yeah. The, pi the, the pipeline right now seems to be filled or fillable probably through 2021 or, you know, pretty close to that. Their current plans as announced or, or can get them there i think that any major expansion is going to wait till the successor to the head of cbs is sort of chosen uh and and, and that and the leadership is fully shaken out um because this this was uh, remember but the, the exact immediately prior to this there was a lawsuit that was trying to prevent this from happening uh, they were trying to remove Sherry Redstone from her position on the board of National Amusements, or I, I think that was what she, they were trying to do. In any event, they were trying to prevent this deal from happening. Was that when Moonmez was still involved? Yeah, oh. Moonmez was still around. Well, that explains why. <laughs> that may that may getting getting rid of him may in fact have been like you're like you're saying. I'm may very well convinced. That guy, he, I mean, it's well known. He was not a fan of sci science fiction. He is not a fan of Star Trek. He didn't believe in it. He prevented it from, he made it very complicated. So that guy, so, get out of yeah. there. <laughs> and he may not have been a fan of having a lady person as his boss. What? Maybe that could, Shocking. that might have also. <laughs> I, I'm trying to be as diplomatic Shocking. as possible about this. But yeah, he may not have been a huge fan of, the, of that of that occurring. Uh, but uh, well, but he but poetic justice is all I have to say about it. Then that may in fact be. And I think I think a lot of the uh, so Moonves's parachute was supposed to be at like 120 million dollars, and they didn't pay that for reasons. Can't so, cause. Yeah. Hello. <laughs> so so Yan Yellow's so Yan Yellow's golden parachute. You know, his second place prize was Moonves's money. So you know, it's like, well, we have this big pile of cash we didn't have to pay. Here, why don't you have some of that? You can you can have some of this money to be happy about not being uh, put in charge of the new big company. I so, don't think that dude minds not being in charge of anything. Now he's got enough money to start his own space program and go to Star Trek for real. No, <laughs> he's got seventy million. That's a lot of money, man. 
Yeah, but he doesn't get to be the CEO of the big company. I think. I mean, when you're at that when you're at that stage, it's not about you know everyone's got ten million dollars lying around. It's it's uh, what's on the business card, right? I mean. It's it's you know you get into meetings as the chairman of Viacom CBS and you don't get into meetings when you're just a CEO of CBS. That's uh, you know that there there's some tur- there was some, probably some very serious turf wars going on and that that seventy million dollars was a pretty steep price I think but they're gonna buy two years or so of of getting along nicely with all of his playmates and then he can go run off to Marvel or uh, you know Comcast Universal NBC you know he can go sell himself to the next highest bidder uh, but yeah it, this is I, I think there's a lot to be happy about here because the one of the main impediments between the two license holders are now connected there's still going to be some politics and some boardroom uh, power plays going on in the meantime but those should slowly work themselves out of the system as the two companies hopefully don't <laughs> don't spin off each other again because it's happened before. Uh, hopefully they don't, they don't spin off the TV and the movie arms and, and stuff uh, like they have done in the past. So we're gonna keep our eyes on it for sure. But this it's this geez was this in, somewhere in the 300s is when I was was talking about this with uh, with Kenna and Elijah. Uh, about the problems with the Redstones and National Amusements and splitting the license. And now here in, in the episode 400s, I guess it's all fixed. Yay. <laughs> Allegedly. Allegedly. <laughs> I'm optimistic. Are you guys optimistic at least? I feel like it's going to be good across the board. I'm excited. I think it's going to take time, but I think this is only an improvement over what was happening before. I think Tarantino Trek is a lock. I, I think that's the, the smart move, both the, both as a movie studio and as an IP holder. And I think that uh, their slate of television is good until Ian Yellow uh, moves on and maybe the deal with Secret Hideout uh, expires or, or they renegotiate it or whatever. So I, this can this is only an improvement. How much of an improvement will, will take time? We'll have to see, but it's only an improvement. Wouldn't it be cool if the Tarantino movie came in and like decimated the Kelvin storyline and would, like made it all back to normal? It, I suspect it will. I hope so. That would be no, amazing. And, I, and, and we've covered this before, so longtime listeners, forgive me because I'm going to cover some old ground here. There, he went on a podcast like in 2015 or something. Tarantino went on a podcast and said, you know what my pitch would be? It would be yesterday's Enterprise meets the Kelvin timeline. Oh, I, he said, I heard that. I heard that. Yeah, so, and that makes so much sense, because you get Pine back, and you get all the, the, the cast from the Kelvin timeline, and then you bring back Chris Hemsworth as dad, as George Kirk, because in the prime timeline, we don't really know what happened to him. We saw Kirk's brother, Sam, at the colony with the frying fly, uh, fried egg people, uh, monsters that blinded Spock, but we don't know what happened to George Kirk. So George Kirk pops in, or Chris Pine pops into the other the prime timeline, however that works out, and goes, oh man, in this timeline, my dad lived. In this timeline, Chekhov's not dead. Huh? Because Anton Yelchin has passed away in the, in, in the real world, and so that means they, they kill Chekhov in the, in the, in the Kelvin timeline. In, so, you know, and, and plus, you know, there's war with the Klingons and John Harriman and all, you know, all these other bad things that happened. Uh, in the Kelvin time, and it's like we got to fix this. We weren't ever supposed to be, and so they have that same Rachel Garrett, Guinan, Picard discussion, uh, and they 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 melt the Kelvin timeline back into the Prime timeline. And Tarantino was excited about that movie, and that could be great. I could I would love that movie. I would watch the hell out of that movie. I want to pitch mine. 
Okay. Right. Real simple. Let's hear it. Old Bill Shatner, William Shatner, as Captain Kirk. Q doing a story similar to how he took Kurt Picard back to where he got pierced in his heart, and they went through what his life could have been like. So he just says, they watch a few clips from the Kelvin movies. Q says, this is terrible. Let's just do it this way. <laughs> Wipes it all away. And then Kirk Prime is like, okay, great. Things are reset back to the way they were. Thanks, Q. Well, Fantastic. I just hate that Vulcan was destroyed. I mean, they can't not bring Vulcan oh, back. Oh, how did I miss that? You can fix that like this? Yeah, oh, exactly. How did I miss that? Let's just retcon that. Oh, Let's how did I miss that? Let's just get Q. Could you imagine Delancey and Kirk? I mean, come on, do you think Kirk would punch Q? The problem here, the problem <laughs> here, is that by the time we get there, I, I'm, I, if I remember correctly, William Shatner was born in 1931. So if we get to 2020 and 2021 on this, Shatner will be 90 years old. Uh, but Kirk will only be what, he's, what his character is. So Kirk might be 50 in the movie, and that'll be fine. It'll work out. He'll play a younger guy. Sure, it works like out. Samuel his Jackson and Captain Marvel. Yeah, yeah just, just tell him his character's younger. He's fine. Oh, this sounds terrible. It's easy. <laughs> I'm not like I'm not liking that so much, but I am liking your whole fix Vulcan thing, both of you. That's that another powerful. There's a powerful reason for Spock to go. Holy crap! You mean we can we can fix this? We can make it so this never happened. Holy, sh yeah. So this the, the the Tarantino was excited about this movie years ago, with the merger of the IPs. It, th this movie, this story, I think must be told. I think this. Uh, I, if if we could still make fan films, I'd write it. But if but if Tarantino's writing this up, this is this is this is perfect. That brings us to this week's community question: What do you think the newly formed Viacom CBS means for Star Trek? And before we go on to Stowe News, we want to take a brief moment to remind you, listeners, about Game Print. Mixed Dimensions uh, is a sponsor of the show, and we did an unboxing out of Star Trek Las, uh, Star Trek Las Vegas. Henry, you were there. Oh, yeah, it was fantastic. I was there. It was great. Kat, were you there? I was not there, except in oh! spirit. Except in spirit. In spirit. In spirit. Did you watch the live stream? I did. Live I did. Well, that will just give you motivation for next year when you join us for maybe another unboxing of, uh, of another game print starship. But let me tell you, seeing the thing in person... Uh, it made me a believer in the 3D printing, and the hand painting was just exquisite. I, I, I can't tell you, just seeing that thing up close and personal, uh, the detail, the level of attention went to it, uh, went into it. It was just, it was just, it was art. It really was art. Uh, it came with a certificate that said so, even uh, that signed by the artist who painted it. So it's legit art because there's paperwork, right, right, lawyer? I mean. Of course. You're down I with mean, that. it's You're not legit unless there's not paperwork. It, it had a, it had sign. It was signed and everything. So, uh, it, yes. So the game print uh, product I can attest from uh, close up inspection is absolutely uh, beautiful. It was a nice heavy display stand. Uh, it was boxed so that not even the worst FedEx or UPS abuse could possibly dent the thing. Uh, so it uh, and it came uh, uh, beautifully wrapped, beautiful package. Uh, the ship itself was just absolutely true to the game model in Star Trek Online. And you know how much work Thomas Maroney put into making sure that that thing was as screen perfect as possible uh, using the modeling software. So uh, I can't say enough good things about that product. And if you're interested, you can go over to GamePrint.net, not .com. I made that mistake. GamePrint.net. And when you order, be sure to use the code PRIORITY20, PRIORITY20, to get 20% off of your order. Well, Captains, that's all we've got to trek out this week. Now let's find out what happened in the world of Star Trek gaming. 
computer status report. Status. Incoming message. I'm only in the mood for good news today. Previously in Star Trek Online. The villainous Jula unleashed her fearsome mycelial weapon upon the Federation, catapulting her fleet of 23rd century Klingons into 2410, along with your Age of Discovery player captains. Awakening Beneath the Skin will be the next episode in the story, releasing on PC September 10th and later this year on consoles. Joined by Star Trek Discovery's Anthony Rapp, voicing a holographically reconstructed Paul Stamets, your captain must venture into the mycelial network itself to stop Jula before she turns the power of her weapon on the planet Andoria. Cool. That sounds exciting. We had the panel with Anthony Rapp there. He was excited to do it. Um, I'm sure he'll knock him dead. I saw, I didn't listen to it, but I saw that uh, the Star Trek Online Twitter account put out a little sneak preview of some of uh, uh, Rapp's voiceover work. If you're interested, check out the at uh, Trek Online Game Twitter account and you'll get a little uh, sneak preview of that. So, And I'm sure that when that episode comes out, uh, just tune into this bat channel at this bat time uh, to hear our review. A number of the frequently requested changes will be coming to Star Trek Online soon. First, the entire collection of T6 temporal destroyers and science vessels originally released with the temporal lockbox are being brought up to date with the temporal specialization. These ships will now boast a temporal operative specialization on the commander bridge officer seating and will gain access to the molecular reconstruction game mechanic. Second, ships formerly called flight deck cruisers are being uniformly updated to flight deck carriers. As such, they will retain the eight weapon configuration of engineering cruisers while boasting two hangar bays as carriers. All ships of the type will also have access to the shield frequency modulation and attract fire cruiser commands. Lastly, not unlike the changes to flight deck carriers, current escort carriers are also being updated. To reinforce the differences between these ships and other true carriers, these ships will be reclassified as strike wing escorts. Additionally, their quick deployment ship mastery will be replaced with enhanced weapon systems. For a full list of ships affected by these changes, and for full details about ships not affected by the changes, follow the link in the show notes. I think this means they're going to have more ships with pets. You think so? Yeah, because they wouldn't bother reclassifying things and changing stuff like this up unless they planned on using that mechanic more. Well, I can tell you the mechanic from the D7 and the Disco Connie are amazing. I love those hangar bays, and those pets are awesome. Yeah, and that's the sort of th- that that would be the, the impetus, right? If they saw a lot of players using it and uh, they saw a good up- uptake from it and people using that mechanic, it's like, we should make more of these, and they will. Uh, so it, it seems to me like that's this is a, a prelude to seeing more ships with that feature on it. Isn't that an awful lot of fire- firepower? Two hangar bays and eight weapons? Is that the only ship that's got that? Yeah, I was thinking that too. But, I mean, again, if the if the usage rates are good and people are enjoying it and it's what the public wants, then you know they'd be silly not to offer it to the customers. Yeah, and plus those are super big ships and they turn like not really very well. <laughs> um, so if that's the type of ship you like to fly, which personally I don't, um, I mean I love my Discovery Connie and I love my D7 and the pets are great. But if I had a choice of ships to fly, I would not pick a carrier. You know, eight turrets. You know, that's a lot of turrets, but it's still turrets. So I mean, you know, you, there's a price to be paid for not being able to point your nose at stuff. Uh, but you know, we got the omnidirectional things, and uh, you can make something work with that, I'm sure. Uh, and if the pets are awesome, then even better. And that brings us to the next community question. 
Which of the upcoming changes to existing STO-T6 ship classes are you most excited about, and why? As of September 19, 2019, Star Trek Online will end support for XMPP client connections to its internal chat systems. This change has been explained in a cryptic blog as a measure taken in order to cut down on gold spamming activity over in-game chat channels. So, it's good that I am on the show this week, because as a super old-school Star Trek Online player, one of the cool things about Star Trek Online was that you could hook your Trillion client, or Pigeon, I think is one of the more popular ones these days, into the Star Trek chat system and have access to your fleet chat outside the game on your phone or on your desktop. You wouldn't have to be logged in in order to communicate. And this is going away. Now, I understand that uh, for a while now, it's only been people with either lifetime subscriptions or I think maybe gold subscriptions also had access to this. So it wasn't the entire player base or even really maybe a significant fraction of it. But it was super useful for people who were in charge of fleets people likely to have a lifetime to be able to uh, be plugged into the game and plugged into their fleet members uh, needs and desires even when when you weren't logged in this i think is not going to go down well and among veteran active old-time players i would like to know if that's going to affect chat integration with places like trek radio and riser radio um, they have an online chat that's directly integrated into the game and i wonder if that will uh, take that away. They use something called a relay. I assume it's this. Yeah. I assume it's XMPP. Yeah, I'm, I'm 99.9% sure that that's what that is, yes. yeah. So, to me, that sounds like terrible news. Yeah, I, there are going to be, I think there are going to be a lot of upset people um, with this. And it's not going to be, the, the problem is it's not going to be uh, it's not going to be a widespread upset among most of the player base because most people are free to play. Uh, they wouldn't have access to this, uh, to this feature anyway. But they were probably indirectly benefiting from their fleet leadership or highly dedicated players having this feature because they could communicate with them virtually any time. They wouldn't have to be logged into the game. It's one of those things they won't know it's gone. Uh, they miss it till it's gone. I'm sure it, it takes resources that they'd rather spend doing other things. I'm sure it takes uh, some expertise in software and clients that uh, Cryptic doesn't own or control. So third-party licensing and uh, a bunch of other headaches like that. But I think think this might be a little short-sighted and I also don't believe the gold spammer thing for a second because you can't get into local or zone chat with the XMPP client they just don't let you do it it's only like your fleet channels and your other private uh, channels that you can get into so you're saying that would only matter if someone bought a lifetime subscription and only wanted to spam their own fleet with gold uh, correct uh, and of course oh Hey, I'm glad they solved the problem. Yeah, and of course, when you spam, like a gold farmer, you get like an insta ban. So you can, you know, kiss your lifetime subscription uh, subscription goodbye. Mwah. I don't really buy that uh, explanation. Now, of course, there may be an exploit that, you know, us mere mortals are not aware of that allowed them to tunnel in via the XMPP client to get to zone and local chat. Possibly that. I mean, that could be. Um, but yeah, it. Um, it's. It, Cannons and cockroaches, I think, is what this was. And now for upcoming STO events. The currently running featured TFO Arena of Sompec will be wrapping up on August 29th. This event is also the last chance to finish collecting T6 ship coupons for a free T6 starship from the Sea Store. So be sure to reach 3,000 coupons before the event ends. I hope all of you have got your coupons, or at least going to get it before 
the event ends. I know I heard somebody saying that they were going to miss it by one day, which is sad. That sucks. Also, I'm kind of glad they're stopping this because saying T6 ship coupons from the C-Store is a lot of this is <laughs> for really any podcaster. Like... And that, yeah, that's just not, that's not good. <laughs> Console captains can take advantage of a bonus marks weekend from August 22nd to August 28th. Missions and event that reward the player with rep marks will be rewarding extra marks. From August 29th through September 2nd, the galaxy is under triple threat. Engage in red alert actions to defend against the Borg, Alachi, and the Nakul. And that's for both PC and console. And now it's time for our weekly top tip. Time for the lightning round. In an effort to lend a hand to new players, or even surprise the most veteran captains in Star Trek Online, here's our weekly top tip. Are you lying in a smoking sprawl on the floor of the Sompec Arena again? Tired of being blasted by high voltage? If you find yourself having a hard time staying ahead of the Sompec lightning strikes while battling your way through the arena, don't worry. By sheltering in the walkways beneath the arena ramps, you can avoid the lightning strikes. Be warned though, if a lightning strike targets you before you move under cover, you still have to move away from the blast radius to avoid being struck. That's it for this week in gaming news. Now let's open hailing frequencies and see what's incoming. Message coming in, sir. Hailing frequencies. Open. See? We are getting to know each other. Well, Captains, hailing frequencies are now open, and we're ready to receive all your incoming messages. We don't have any community questions for feedback this week, but we got plenty of great messages from our listeners over the course of our STLV coverage. We'll check out just a few of those right now. From Twitter, Science Blue says, I'm so happy to get these little snippets of STLV. From Twitter, with regard to Brent Spiner's remarks about data in Star Trek Picard, Kevin Kelly writes in and says, He's a hologram. And Multiverse Tonight says, I'm guessing a dream sequence. So, hologram, dream sequence, uh, disembodied head. But it doesn't matter. It's data. It'll be great. Even if it's a hologram, it could still be his brain. I think if he was uh, a hologram, it'd be fine. I'd really like to see him be the ship's computer. That'd be cool, but I think he's a disembodied head. I think even as a head disembodied on. head on a console in the captain's quarters as a chat buddy for Picard sounds awesome. Is this Futurama <laughs> or cool. Star Trek? <laughs> fine with there's me. No Whatever gets me data. Whatever gets there's, me data. It's there's fine. no jar of goo. The 24th century Federation technology. You can just sit there on the shelf like Henry's saying. He's, it'll be like a like a bust, like a Roman bust, you know. Honestly, Data might see something like that as an evolution, you know, to become something that is more a starship and more capable than a human being walking around, which is what he was. But can't scratch his own nose. Doesn't need a nose. Can get but right up to one. the star and study it. You know, doesn't need to walk around inside the vessel. I'm thinking of Picard's uh, quarters. He's got, like, a bust of Julius Caesar, a bust of William Shakespeare, and then Data's head. That would be awful. I, I, think that's, I think that's what's going on. <laughs> Pretty sure. Pretty sure uh, that. Just think. Just think. Total remake of that scene with Data playing poker with uh, uh, Isaac Newton and Stephen Hawking and uh, Einstein. Remember? Yes. So it's Picard playing poker with 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 a bust of Julius Caesar, a bust of uh, William Shakespeare, and and Data. I'm 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 there for this. It, I'm there for this. It's gonna happen. You watch. What if Data's not there and Picard's just crazy? That could also be good. Oh, Eremotic syndrome. Yeah. Yeah. Completely yeah. crazy. No one's seen Data for years card keeps talking to him. Cairo AT in chat is saying that um, he thinks it's going to be a flashback episode. Could be, but he still, but Picard still looked pretty old there. Yeah. I would think yeah. it would have CGI'd him with some less wrinkles. 
I mean, if they're going to CGI data, why Spiner. not? Yeah, yeah. You know? true. From Facebook, on our talk with Connor Trenier about Trip Tucker surviving to a fifth season, Josh Heinrichs writes, What I wouldn't give for CBS to greenlight a fifth season of that show. Ah, we can dream. Me too. Would have been great. Dave Rutley says, Trip, he would be teaching Montgomery to always multiply his repair estimates by a factor of four. That, that's right. Get 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 Montgomery. Uh, get him off the helm, right? <laughs> and uh, we'll, you know, we'll put him down. Put him down in the engineering. No, I, uh, it was a good interview. It was, it was an impromptu one. Uh, Elijah just sort of pulled him in, so we didn't have anything uh, prepped for it. So those are always a little scary. But yeah, I, uh, Trip got robbed in particular in the in the finale, and the whole cast got robbed. I think because uh, Trek. Uh, uh, season four of Enterprise is some of the best Trek ever filmed. Scott Bakula is an NCIS, which is a CBS production, and Star Trek, of course, is a CBS production. So you know, never say never. I guess that's me. And from Facebook on Elijah's roaming STLV coverage, Mike Fatem, ha, uh, says only one phone, amateur. Now, 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 come on. <laughs> See, he's got to have one hand free to fix his hair, so he can only have one phone at a time. He's got he's to have one hand free to fix his hair and, and make sure his goatee's pointy. So, I mean, he's, he's covering all the angles, and, and I think it's the mark of a true professional to know your limits. Elijah has no time to juggle multiple phones anyway. He's talking to people, like, directly the whole time. He's always chasing down someone, talking to someone. I don't see him having time to juggle phones. Well, that wraps up episode 426 of Priority One, Roddenberry Star Trek Podcast. For more great podcasts like Mission Log, Women at Warp, The Trek Files, and daily Star Trek news, visit podcast.roddenberry.com. But before we go, here's our community questions for this week. What do you think the newly formed Viacom CBS means for Star Trek? And which of the upcoming changes to existing STOT6 ship classes are you most excited about and why? Captains, you know we love hearing from you. Leave us a comment on our website at priorityonepodcast.com or our Facebook page at facebook.com slash priorityonepodcast, or find us on Twitter and Instagram at priorityonepod. Don't miss a thing from the Star Trek multiverse. Catch our episodes every Friday by pointing your favorite podcast app to feeds.priorityonepodcast.com. You can even join in on the fun while we record our episodes live on Tuesday nights at around 8 p.m. Eastern on Facebook, Twitch, YouTube, and Twitter. Keep an eye on our social media channels for details. And... If you're still craving more, be sure to spend time with Admiral Winters and me and the Priority One Armada. Saturday nights, the Armada broadcasts live to review the latest Star Trek Online and Armada news, as well as spotlight some of the amazing members in our community. Each week, we team up with you, the viewers, to earn things like reputation marks and dilithium. With regular giveaways, there's something for all SDO players, new and old. Follow us on all our social media accounts for broadcast times, and if you'd like to join the Armada, visit PriorityOneArmada.com. This episode of Priority One Podcast is brought to you by our patrons through Patreon.com. Find out more and add your support at Patreon.com forward slash Priority One. Even if you can't make a financial contribution, please help spread the word about the show and invite your fellow Trekkies. It's your support that keeps us going. Don't forget to tune in to Priority One Productions' Guard Frequency Podcast at GuardFrequency.com. Each episode, the Guard will take you inside the universe of your favorite space sims, including a tabletop adventure played out by your hosts. And Heroes Rise brings you up to date with the world of Dungeons & Dragons. Learn all about the latest publications, tools, tips, tricks, and traps in less time than it takes to skin a wyvern. 
Head over to heroesrisepodcast.com to discover their secrets. Thanks to audio editors including William Hardy, Brandon Parker, Rand Hurl, Daniel Stevens, and Skiffy. Thanks to our producer, Jake Morgan, for assisting in the production of the weekly show. And we welcome to the team our new community manager, Shane Hoover, who also helped with the writing this week. Thanks to our graphic artist, Henry Pomper. Thanks, Henry. With support from Jason Smith of the Priority One Armada. Thanks to the composer of our theme music, Chris Watts. And thanks to our syndication partners, Subspace Radio and Trek Radio. Most importantly, a big thanks to you, the Star Trek community, and our listeners. Because without your ongoing support, none of this would be possible. Red alert. Shields up. Ready weapons. Engage. On the show this week so unfortunately someone put cat what have we got in the show this week yeah i'm like and that then probably cat. Hey, shouldn't be there hey <laughs> hey i just through the magic of internet i just changed it beep beep captains you know we love hearing from you leave your comment on our website at priorityonepodcast.com or our facebook page at facebook.priorityonepodcast what? i'm gonna start this whole thing over good idea and you know what boost it man Excited about <coughs> And if you're still craving more, be sure to spend time with Admiral Winters and me. And the oh, no, wait, 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 wait. Come on. What? Punch it. Come on. Come on. Feel it. Crack That's it. the energy we're looking for. Do it. <sighs> <laughs> so let's do it. <laughs> mm. I'm like laid back, man. I, I know. I to punch it. <laughs> I don't have time to. Pu- you know what? I think we found the title for this week's show. To punch it. We don't have time to punch it. Uh, alrighty then. Alrighty then. But most importantly, a big thanks to you, the Star Trek community, and our listeners. I <clears throat> gotta say that right. This is the important part. And before we sign off, uh, Henry, uh, I'm gonna do a red alert, and then. Will you uh, do a shields up for me, Henry? And then, Kat, you've already got a line, don't you? Hopefully it's not shields up, right? What is it? At the Engage? end, the red alert, shields up. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah. Well, what do I say? I don't know what you say. Do you say anything? <laughs> I don't know. I usually don't uh, okay. do this part. Okay, well, you're going to do it now. So, uh, okay, well, uh, so, what part so do I say? I, I'm going to say red alert. Henry's going to say shields up. You say ready weapons. And then we'll all say engage, okay? All right, so okay. here we go. Three, two. And when Engage. We, hang on, we, we'll say it separately. You'll so probably can, point. Out. Yeah, we'll, we'll say it separately. Oh, I'll, it. I'll go, Cat, then Henry. Engage. Oh wait, we're supposed to say enemy on sensors. Who says that? Well, no, we're not doing that. I'm in charge this week. Don't tell me how to <laughs> do this. We're not going to look Chicago. who it is first. We're, we're not gonna saying that. We're not doing it that way. I'm the boss. <laughs> you're not the boss of me, Ken from Chicago. You know that. You know you're not the boss of me, Ken from. Chicago. You know that on both shows. I'm not the boss of me.
All right, here we go. I'm going to say engage, <laughs> then cat, then Henry. Wait, am I saying ready weapons? You're or saying engage? engage. Oh, okay. Okay, now we can stop it. Podcast.roddenberry.com. The Roddenberry Podcast Network.